Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. So we have come once again to one of the more uh, wild, wacky, and wonderful parts of the draft season, the fourth annual now. Mock Draft Palooza, and we have a couple of the, the odds-on favorites um, <laughs> uh, since we have uh, – now, now, Pete, I need to make this very, very clear. For the purposes of judging, everyone else is doing essentially twice the work you're doing. It's like you wanting to be declared the winner of an 800-meter race where you only won 400 meters. You do understand that, right, Pete? All I do is come in and win, and that's – you know, that's you can complain all you want, but I just kind of win. I'm not complaining. I'm clarifying you know, you that know, you are doing big problems. The problem every year, though, is that he actually drafts better than the brain. Which <laughs> is unfortunately true. That if <laughs> my draft last year, I actually did that. They'd be in good shape, but you know the the handicap I have is that the Browns always put me in the spot where I have the most picks. <laughs> I'm not sure it's a handicap in a drafting contest. I mean, I one could argue that's the exact opposite of a handicap, actually. Uh, drafting near the top every year and having the most picks. I'm not sure if you and I think a handicap are the same thing. Like I said, I just come back, I wear my belt, championship, and I come in, do my job, and and leave victorious. (laughs) It's good to always have you here, Steve, to lend your your special (laughs) air of modesty to the proceedings. So, uh, I won't bother explaining, but so far, everyone who's popped on to this point is a past participant. We will have some new people joining us soon, and I'll explain some things. So, so uh, we do have a little bit of discussion of each pick during the first round, slightly less discussion of each pick in the second, and then uh, the third, you know, quick bit of reasoning as to what the pick was, and then from the fourth on, we just kind of keep it moving. So, uh, with, no further, with, no, with no further ado, I will put Cleveland on the clock. So... Because of the fact that the Browns never take the quarterback, I project to them, I'm going to take Sam Darnold in hopes that they respond by taking Baker Mayfield. Uh, so I'm taking Sam Darnold. Oh, I should say the first thing I'm doing, I'm firing Hugh Jackson. I'm just. <laughs> that's me. But then, then, you, you got fired on draft day. Uh, then, this, I think, this just in breaking news on my Travelpalooza. <laughs> so, I, I'll take the, the uh, 
the, the reality is there's two quarterbacks in this class that have, to me, all pro or elite upside. It's Mayfield and Darnold. Uh, I think that's the chalk fit. I think this is what they're going to do. They do have Tyrod Taylor in place. Uh, I don't love the fact – I mean, I, I wish Sam Darnold had more experience. I wish he had that extra year of college. But he is really, really, really talented. Uh, and they have at least what looks like a plan in place if they can keep the head coach I just fired out of the way that they can actually make this work. Uh, but, yeah, I, there's no wrong answer here. But partly I'm, I'm actually morbidly curious to see this just play out, how I think it's actually going to play out on on the actual draft and to see how it sort of goes. Uh, so I'm taking Sam Darnold, and I am more than open to take phone calls on uh, pick four. Okay. So um, we will have, I guess, a brief league meeting regarding pick number four. First of all, I will ask. Is there anyone interested in making an offer on pick number four before we make the second selection? Nah. All right. <laughs> well, that didn't take long. Uh, then we will put. Uh, the Giants on the clock. The Giants are, in fact, thrilled beyond thrilled uh, that the, the player they wanted is actually still available, and it is Josh Rosen. Uh, going to them at pick numero dos. So we have two quarterbacks off the board back-to-back, both California boys uh, with Sam Donald from Orange County. I guess both Orange County boys, now I think about it. Both from Orange County. Both from probably about 25 or 30 miles maybe at the most from each other. No, not not even that probably. So guys who probably have known each other for a while, I'm guessing, both going off the board. So the quarterback of the future, I guess, is going to New York, and the quarterback of the very near future probably is going to Cleveland. Okay, well, that played out reasonably sanely, I guess. It's nothing too weird so far. The wackiness has not yet kicked in. Uh, so that brings us to our third selection and puts the Jets on the clock. The Jets are a little less pleased. Uh, well, no, they're semi-pleased um, because their second their second choice is still available to them, and it is quarterback Baker Mayfield from Oklahoma. So three quarterbacks back-to-back-to-back. Uh, so we have the Browns getting Sam Darnold. So finally, it's someone from, who's not from spinning distance from the other quarterback, though. So Sam Darnold, USC. The second selection was Josh Rosen, also a quarterback, also a Californian from UCLA. And now the the feisty one, Baker Mayfield uh, from Oklahoma by way of Texas. Uh, Austin, right? If you remember correctly? Yeah. So, uh, so can, can we talk about the size of the chip that Baker Mayfield's going to have on his shoulder? thinking that two other quarterbacks were actually in front of him, even though he was the number three pick in the draft. <laughs> Are you talking about the 30 for 30 called the Mayfield 2? Is that what you're talking about? Or what they see? Every night I go to bed thinking about those other two guys. Where are they? What are they doing? What are they eating? Right, I know. Yes, yes. Right, exactly. 
Next, uh, what if I told you that there was a quarterback who obsessed about the fact that two other quarterbacks were taken out of him? Okay, so Oklahoma State. Maybe by way of Texas X. And now the Browns are back on the clock. Unless, once again, one last, last call. Uh, anyone want to make an offer on pick number four before pick number four comes in from the Browns? Look at him. He's 6'5". He's 230-some-odd pounds. He completed most of his passes at Pro Day. <laughs> a majority. He created a majority. A, a, a simple majority. A plurality. <laughs> Trent Dilfer said his tape was bad, but he fell in love with his story. <laughs> The apple Jimmy has right. <laughs> So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and assume that nobody's jumping on that grenade. Uh, so I'm going to take uh, this is. Oh, I think the Browns are actually going to take Bradley Chubb in this scenario. However, I'm going to take Harold Landry uh, from Boston oh. College. Our first surprise. Um, well, yes and no. I mean, the the reality is, I, look, I love Bradley He's just Chubb. He's the best pass rusher pass rusher in the draft. But the thing is, Bradley Chubb, to me, is basically a charismatic version of Emmanuel Ogba. He's really fun, and he's a little brother type. Who, he freely admits this, who does things to get under people's skin. He's really fun. He's entertaining. Like, yeah, he is. He's putting on a show while he does basically what Emmanuel Ogba does, and that's great, but the Browns have that. And the AFC North which features Bill's favorite team, has nobody who can block this guy in Harold Landry. Uh, so, and, and this also sets up so Miles Garrett can play in the three, which he did last year anyway, and Harold Landry can play on the same side on the edge so with him. did you fire Greg Williams when you fired you, Jackson? Oh, they're, I don't have to, they're all gone. <laughs> <laughs> I think the players, the players can do a better job by themselves than they than this coaching staff. So, but yeah, Harold Landry is a difference. Is is it gives the Browns a different look than than uh, than Bradley Chubb does. Now, again, I think if this was the the choice the Browns are actually presented, they'll take Bradley Chubb, and that's certainly not a bad pick by any stretch. But I'm going with something that gives them a different look uh, and a pure pass rusher, which is really what they need. And I say that, Pete, because looking at this front seven that you're putting together here, the old war horse, uh, Dick LeBeau, might be on the phone. <laughs> he might actually have your, get your number here if you want to look for a one- or two-year guy to get you through having fired your entire coaching staff. <laughs> okay, we should be joined momentarily by Chase Cameron. Um, I might just have him. I may just announce it for him if he doesn't get in in a second. And, Bill, I'm going to send you my uh, five Titans guys for this round, and I'll get you everything else. Uh, That's nine. Five, five, five. 
let's see. I'm going to DM it to you. No problem. I'm just double checking something. Uh, so apparently he had trouble getting in, but he should be getting in now. Oh, Roquan Smith. All right, that'll do. Um, well, that was that was that was my uh, number one player. So my number one and number two players on all on my board, the, the guys who I thought were the two best players in the draft have been draft have been picked in the top five. Yeah. So <laughs> yes, they have, which makes sense. That's where the best players probably should be selected. If only it only if only it always worked that way. But we now have them in. So to briefly recap. Um, we have the top five consisting of Sam Donald, quarterback USC, Josh Rosen, quarterback UCLA, Baker Mayfield, quarterback uh, OU via Texas Tech, and defensive end slash outside linebacker, Harold Landry from Boston College, and now linebacker, interior linebacker from beautiful Georgia, Roquan Smith. Now, so, so, you know, this is what I think are the three best quarterbacks. Uh, I might actually argue that there might be actually one more quarterback that should be considered in the in that, and uh, the two best, the two best uh, non quarterbacks all off the board in the top five picks. Yeah, well, once again, uh, if if only it always worked that way. But yes, thus far things have gone somewhat to form. Uh, let's see. Okay. Let's see. Now we are at pick number six. Pick someone awful. Uh, go with Josh Allen, and it would be good for us. Would be a good. Pick. <laughs> <laughs> I I wouldn't say it's impossible that the Colts would take Josh Allen here. I think it's unlikely that the Colts will take Josh Allen here. That would be. Oh, well, there we go. Uh, Bradley Chubb. I guess that's not a, a terrible pick either. Uh, okay, so here we go. So things have gone, maybe not exactly the form, but nothing crazy, crazy has happened so far. Obviously, the Landry pick would will be a surprise to some, but... One, if you watched enough of him, uh, you realize that he's probably the person with the – he's the most trouble for bad tackles in the NFL of anybody in this entire draft class. And he'll get quite a bit of trouble with some good tackles as well. Uh, he's got a lot of the classic things you look for, you know, bend and snap and speed and certain amount of, you know, decent uh, – Array of moves. That brings us now to. Uh, who has the bill? Who has the bill? Uh, I will check that in a moment. I'm just trying to make sure I've got the correct pick up. Oh yes, right. 
You know, I, I was just saying, if I had the bills, this is where I'd be on the phone. Oh, yeah, trying to get a hold of, uh, not Mark Dominic. Um, let me see. Um, what, uh, who is it now? I think that's uh, running the show in Tampa. It's, uh, uh, Jason Lick or Lick or whatever his name is. Jason Lick or whatever. Yeah, just thank you. But thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, well, since there isn't a deal afoot. It looks like it's going to be Derwin James. The safety pot excellent from Florida State University. And I will put that in there. Those who know me are familiar with the term grandma scouting. One of the things about a guy like German James is, you know, he can be grandma scouted. There's not a lot, um, you know what I mean, that that he can't do. There are certain things he's not the best ever at, but whatever you're going to ask a modern NFL safety to do, which includes covering slots and tight ends and running backs, he can do all that stuff. He can come down and be a force and run game. He's a very good athlete. Make him a corner, Bill. Well, you know, that's the thing that I'm hoping no one does. Uh, there's a, I know there's not as much difference between corners and safeties as there used to be, but there's still differences. Let's not go nuts. Uh, so the bear's on the clock. And I have a board from the from Jim Tarantias who has another obligation. And it is Quentin Nelson, which is once again one of those total non-surprise picks. So, so far... With one semi-exception, uh, things have gone pretty close to, uh, what do you call it, pretty close to what most people I think would expect. Quentin Nelson, offensive guard, Notre Dame. Some people say he's the best player in the whole darn draft. He certainly is one of the cleanest. And now we come to one of the pivot points in the draft, the 49ers. And I believe Chase has managed to fight his way in. Yes, I'm here. Give me a minute. <laughs> no, not a problem. Hey. Hey. Oh, so just to briefly review. Now, how much did you miss? Um, Jim just sent me who picked, so I'm caught up. Oh, okay. Sweet. Uh, what was the last thing I was going to say before I – oh, uh, so we had a little, like, brief discussion of the, the picks of the first round, even briefer in the second, uh, briefer still in the third, and then from the fourth on we just kind of pick and go. 
and uh, trades are allowed. Um, they simply have to be, you know, I don't know, ratify, whatever. You know, not, something that's not incredibly crazy, obviously, will probably make it through, uh, and uh, that's probably about it. Oh, yeah, if you're allowed to be critical of people's takes, but keep it respectful. You know, don't bring race, religion, uh, creed, you know, people's mamas into it. But other than that, uh, you know, like I said, you're allowed to be critical. Just, just keep it clean. And the 49ers are taking... Hey, Bill, do you have someone with the card? Yeah, um, Isaiah C., he sent me a somewhat limited board, so he's taking a chance, but we'll all talk this out. Okay. If I had them, I would be willing to trade into nine. Right okay, well. In, in fact, I could be very well convinced to trade into nine. Okay. Uh, I will. Uh, he's on his way from work, I believe, but he sent me a quick, quick little mini board. Uh, I will try to let him know that there are people who might be interested in trading down if he's interested in trading up. Okay. I was just like, if I were him, I'd be dying to get above 12. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it looks like the pick is Denzel Ward, cornerback from Ohio State University. And I know a lot of people have talked about him as the consensus number one corner. Frankly, I don't, in my mind, there's not a, a dominant head and shoulders of everybody corner in this class, but I think he'll be a, a solid long-term NFL starter. I don't know if he'll ever be, you know, Hall of Fame, but I think he'll be a, a good, solid starting NFL corner, probably from, you know, from day one, and will probably give you good play from that point for the next six, seven, eight years. Okay, so let's see that. And going to... Ohio State. You're on the clock, uh, Mr. Jim Coburn. Yeah, and we are going to run up to the podium to take Saquon Barkley running back out of Penn State. Oh, the slide, uh, quote-unquote, slide is over for one Mr. Saquon Barkley. Um, Jim's Jim, Jim running up there. He, 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 he saw he saw last year the effects of uh, let, let let's just say that uh, uh, you know the, the our, our man you know he's had better days. Uh, yeah. Mr. Lynch, he 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 he's had better years. Uh, you know the 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 end is near, <laughs> and Jim's is going to push him off the edge. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, feel free to give us sort of an idea of your your thinking there with that pick. We don't have any running backs. Saquon Barkley is a pretty decent running back, one of the most athletic running backs in this draft class. 
production-wise, yeah, he's probably not going to be a Hall of Famer, but he could easily be a Clinton Portis-like guy. And I think that's what we kind of expect for him to come in and become our starting running back and affect things, especially in the passing game. He's really, really dynamic in terms of his ability to catch the football in the backfield. So that's why we're taking him at number 10. All right, then. Uh, so that's here's another pivot point in the draft. Miami. Uh, a team that could use practically everything. Of course, the, the latest, hottest rumor coming out of Miami is that they might take a quarterback early, but I don't think that's well off. Let me look at their board. No, we'll find out. Uh, so, uh, they were kind of hoping Chubb would somehow slide in. Did not happen. So, I guess, looks like, I guess, the second safety slash Corner, nickel, what have you, is off the board. Yeah, I know. Well, well, let's see what he is. He's a he's a he's a dodgy move around. He's a he's he's a a chess piece is the term people like to use. That's the term I see nowadays. He's a chess piece. You're playing chess with him, not checkers, apparently. Hopefully, your defensive coordinator can play chess well. Yes. Well, we'll find out. <laughs> it will be revealed for all to see whether or not he is a chess player. Well, I, and I, and, you know, I, I know there was this big uh, discussion on that on Twitter, but I mean, we know except for what one piece, a chess piece only moves in like one direction, right? <laughs> 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 yeah. I I understand. But the bit the Bills should be in a full sprint right now. Well, we I mean, will see. They should be stepping over people. <laughs> you said stepping over. Well, I guess we'll find out. Uh, I mean, they're about to get their quarterback. They're going to have all their picks left. They might be in actually better position than Bill now. <laughs> Who <laughs> the hell is to lose their job and have to move? I mean, especially after Pete just gifted on the 65th. <laughs> I mean, just put that one in a little box and just shift it to Buffalo. Uh... Uh, it looks like the highest rated player okay so the highest rated player Available. Uh, looks like it's 
actually Okay, so I'm gonna call it a huge surprise, but something of a surprise. Uh, it's actually the Virginia Tech linebacker Tremaine Edwards is actually the highest rated player. I mean, I like Tremaine Edwards, but their quarterback is AJ McCann. Well, maybe they're planning to trade back into the latter part of the the round and pick pick up, you know, Mason Rudolph or something. I mean, I mean, you know, and the and and the Heisman Trophy winner is sitting here from two years ago. Yes, you are correct about that. You are correct about that. Um. Linebacker. Now, I'll ask Jim a quick question. Based on his combination of his athletic profile and his um, production, who or what does Edward look most like in terms of what he I mean, might be able to be? He he looks like a Pro Bowl linebacker. Uh, he, in terms of his explosive lower body strength score, it didn't exactly hit all pro level. It was more so Pro Bowl level, but he has good production. He's really, really young, though. Like, 20 years old is really, really – so there definitely is some question marks uh, because of that. But, um, and he's probably a better quarterback than A.J. McCarron, too. <laughs> but, I mean, but all I, can, all, I can really say, all I can really say is that he just looks like a Pro Bowl linebacker. He's athletic. He's productive. At the same time, he's, like, almost way too young to me. But – you know, we'll see what happens. It is one of the great sort of challenges to see. I mean, people always praise you, you know, for a lot of reasons, but we'll find out. I mean, I think part of a Mobile issue is that when he was asked to play on the interior, he's facing, you know, very, very grown men, very, very, very grown men. And I think he struggled a tad, you know, trying to deal with these large, mean individuals that did not mean him well. So we will we will see uh, if this particular young man can deal better with those very large, very unpleasant men that he will be facing. Though I guess his the uh, the men won't be quite as large and quite as unpleasant as the ones that Moby and Coy had to deal with. Uh, Washington is now on the clock. And that is me. So let me take a quick look. The ever popular best available. I am also uh, open to the idea of trading down should someone want to move up to pick 13. But I'm guessing that's not the case. Yeah, so clearly not the case. No one said anything. So if I'm staying at 13 and I'm making this selection, 
which I am doing. I am going a little disappointed that Mr. Landry's gone, uh, but I should have anticipated that. Should have anticipated it. This really is the part of the draft where there, all the players I like should be drafted later. Um, uh, uh, darn it. Okay. I'll just bite the proverbial bullet, I guess. And I will take a corner from Iowa, Joshua Jackson. Uh, we're going to play on his zone. That is where he will excel. We're going to, you know, basically try to keep him away from switch. He has to turn and try to turn and burn with, you know, four, three guys. Well, first of all, who can really do that? A handful. But he's going to get the ball back. And that's something that, frankly, not that many guys in this class do that well. There's a, some decent corners, but very few of them are, are those guys that get you the ball back. He does that better than anybody else. Class, people come up comparing Richard Sherman because until two years ago, he was a wide receiver. And because he's a guy who's kind of a length and so-so speedy guy. I mean, he's you know runs in the, the low four or fives. Load them in four or five. That's enough. But he's going to play a lot of zone. So, welcome to the team. And that puts Green Bay on the clock. So, that is Donovan James. Let me see what I've got from the lovely and talented Mr. James. And, Bill, did I have the Falcons or the Rams? Uh, Yes. <laughs> I have them both. <laughs> you, well done. Well done. Uh, okay. Let me see. Let me check to see something as well. Um, hmm. I wouldn't say anyone's board's been decimated, but there are some people who definitely misread the intentions of others, <laughs> I guess is the term I would use. So what is the offer? Well, it, <laughs> yes, go ahead. If, uh, you know, if, if 26 and 90 are good enough to get here, get to uh, get to uh, 14, uh, the Falcons would not mind moving up. Okay. Um, then let me announce the – unless someone has a – Big problem with that. I will announce the uh, the trade being made. Anyone problem with that? Everybody sounds okay with it. That sounds okay. Everyone okay? Yes. Okay. Get that. So yes. Yeah. Number fourteen. So, the the Atlanta Falcons are looking to go with the 
concept of we're just going to pass rush the heck out of the inside, and we're going to take Mo Hurst with the 14th pick in the draft. Oh, wow. Okay, well done. And... And you gave them 76 and what? Uh, 28, uh, 26 and 90. 26 and 90? Yeah. Okay. So number 26 and number Okay, so you gave them your first in this and then your third your third yeah. rounder? Okay. Okay, I got it. Okay. Got it. All right. I'm just trying to update. Okay, I need to update things so that that will be correct. And I will not be saying the wrong stuff. So 26 now belongs to... Okay, and then you just chose Mohurst. Okay, I think I am now caught up. So, you are building a little bit of a monster there on the uh, defensive side. I just want to see quarterbacks die. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Okay, that puts... Uh, okay, so you got lucky. Um, what's your name? Isaiah? So the pick is in. It is Jair Alexander from Louisville. So after Sam Bradford breaks, <laughs> who's the quarterback? <laughs> <laughs> 
there are another one of the teams that I'm convinced is going to try to trade up for something later and snag. My, maybe they'll go after Kyle Lennon. Maybe they'll go after Nathan Rudolph. I mean, who knows how far Lamar Jackson will – this is one of the great storylines is how far Lamar Jackson, you know, makes it. Um, and another one of those surprising to nobody picks, uh, the Baltimore Ravens get wide receiver Calvin Ridley. Yeah, no way Ozzy turns down a <laughs> <laughs> It just feels almost too right. I doesn't care if he's 23. I doesn't care if he's not exactly a guy with super dynamic ability. He knows he's a good route runner. He knows that he's been pretty well groomed for the NFL game. And puts the Chargers on the clock, who also belong to our friend and neighbor Donovan. Who and what is left that he? Oh, all right. Speaking of building a beast um, on the on the front, uh, it's Taven Bryan, defensive tackle from Florida. James, uh, once again, looking at him in terms of his physical numbers and, of course, his production numbers, what does Brian look like as a player? Uh, He looks like Ziggy Hood, the former Pittsburgh Steeler slash... (laughs) Wow! Is he in the the (laughs) Jacksonville Jaguars? With the... James coming in with Jimmy coming in with a hammer here. <laughs> 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 I like that. Uh, yeah. I mean that made Tavon Bryant the guy with a lot of athletic ability and I think that I saw a best play on Twitter today is uh, a lot of athletic ability and no clue right now what to do with it. So you know, he's he's a guy who the the you know, honestly, you know, he he ended up, you know, all of a sudden, uh, you know, saying, "Oh man, he he figured it out." I mean, he certainly got the athletic ability. I mean, but yeah, if if indeed he figures it out, then yes, they've <laughs> definitely got something there. Uh, so that's an interesting, yeah, that's a uh, yeah, indeed. So that brings us to Seattle. Ah, yes. So um, this is good-ish news, I guess, for... um, um, the rather beleaguered Mr. Russell Wilson, Isaiah Wynn, the, well, I mean, I guess guard most likely, 
uh, he's at the next level at least, from the receiver Georgia. And once again, I'll, I'll ask you, Jim, based on the numbers that show up for Mr. Wynn, what does he look like in terms of his professional potential? Well, uh, he has no numbers. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he didn't. He didn't. Uh, he didn't test at the combine. He didn't test at the pro days. Uh, he didn't do a bench press. He, I mean, he definitely is six foot three. He has the prerequisite arm length, but in terms of like actually taking data and figuring out what he is, he really didn't do anything during the process. Right then, Isaiah so didn't watch the tape. <laughs> <laughs> So Isaiah Wynn is a is a mystery box, basically, is what you're saying in terms of you and know having some idea of who he is. Not but, only with you know with with you didn't get the workout numbers, you don't really have a really good tape on the position that he's actually going to play in the NFL, and you don't have a play. So having yeah. said all that, I think he's a really good football player. <laughs> yeah. He's a good football player. He's something of a mystery box. He is both. He, he, he more than held his own at, a, at what I don't think is his natural position in, in, in the, at the highest level of competition you can have in college football. So, I mean, and you look at Georgia, they play literally everybody. So, uh, so he, I mean, you know, he, he, at least you can have that comfort, but like I said, he, Really didn't play guard in college, and uh, I just don't see that you know a six-three guy is really. Would, I mean, uh, I think Jim will, will agree. You, you want the tackles to be tall. <laughs> yeah, that is correct. Yeah, tall, and that puts Dallas on the clock, and the selection is. Leighton Van Der Esch, the linebacker from Boise State. Uh, once again, similar question. How do, people like to sort of lump he and Tremaine Edwards together, Edmonds, sorry, Edmonds together. How do they actually compare as players, and what does Esch look like in terms of his future projection as a player? You mean uh, Leighton Van Der Esch? That is correct, Leighton Van Der Esch. Uh, you know, he's very productive. He's Luke Keekly athlete, but he's only played one year of college football. He played at Boise State. He didn't exactly play at Boston College, which I understand there's a lot of people going, what? But Boston College did play a little bit better competition. And uh, But Leighton is actually I, a lot more say that when, when I saw Van Der Esch, the games that I saw, except for one, except for you know, I think it was the Oregon game, uh, his ta- his his play was a lot Barrett Rudd ish. <laughs> but he didn't test like Barrett Rudd. But he didn't test like Barrett Rudd. He tested like Luke Kuechly. So you have to you have to give the man a, t- a chance. That's all I'm saying. So. I mean, and when I say that is, I saw a lot of tackles five yards off the line of scrimmage. I didn't see a guy that was really, you know, he was not what I would call one of those grandma players in the couple of games I saw. And against the competition, he really should have been if you're talking the 19th pick in the draft. (laughs) 
Gotcha. Having said that, as Jim just said, he certainly has the athletic ability to be a very to be a special player. However, I and think it's an overstatement to say he was a special player at Boise State. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> and the Lions pick is in, and it is another one of those not surprise type situations. Running back Darius Geis, LSU. Uh, once again, Jim, a lot of people argue, once you get past Barkley about, you know, who should be the next running back, some people, I've seen everyone from Sonny Michelle to Rashad Finney to obviously Geis, who's probably the most common name you see at running back to. Um, I don't think I've seen Chubb higher than three. I've seen even Ronald Jones amongst uh yeah, some people put him as high as RB2. Um, what, what, what does guys look like in terms of what we can expect? You know, and how does he compare to, you know, the, the guys who succeeded in the NFL at running back? Uh, well, in many ways, he, he looks like DeMarco Murray uh, to Leonard Fournette in terms from an athletic standpoint. Um, he didn't really do any agility testing, which makes me think that, Either he doesn't have good agility or he just decided not to do it because he's Darius Geis and he doesn't need to do agility for no man, you know. <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, he, he, he tested in terms of production. He tested as a five-time Pro Bowl potential tie back. He has a really good speed score. I would say that he's closest to DeMarco Murray, and I don't really think that's a terrible comp for him because Murray's a similar type of kind of upright but power sort of back type thing, but definitely not Darius the Geist though. runs hard. <laughs> so that's the, uh, I mean, yeah, he, bring, he brings it. If he's, if he's as good as DeMarco Murray, I mean, DeMarco Murray led the league, led the league in rushing once. <laughs> I mean, and was like a 50 to 60 catch a year back along with that. So, I mean, until, you know, DeMarco lost his speed and agility, I mean, he's a really good player. He's probably working the 20th pick in his So, Okay. Uh, now, the Bengals were just recently got orphaned. Uh, they, they briefly had an owner, and then the owner let me know that he had to bow out. What do you really like to take up the Bengals? I'll, take, I'll pick up the Bengals. Oh, okay. Well, that was easy. Uh, the, you're now on the clock, sir. Uh, Lamar Jackson's slide has stopped. Yes, it has. <laughs> The number 21st pick of the Bengals take Lamar Jackson, the quarterback from uh, uh, from Yes, just ahead of two of a couple of teams that were kind of hoping he'd make it to them. So well done. <laughs> so tell me about the plan because people always say you have to have a plan for guys like Lamar Jackson. You have to have a plan. You can't just take it. What's the plan? Uh, let him play quarterback like he played his whole life. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, I, I, I you know, the, the, thing, the thing I mean, I know he's not the most, I know he's not, you know, level accurate, but he's going to put a lot of pressure on the defense with his arm and with his leg, his ability to operate in the pocket and out of the pocket. Uh, so, you know, I. I'm probably going to have to, you know, and uh, just to put this out there, Lazar is, the, my offensive coordinator, is a Chip Kelly disciple. 
So, yep. Uh, so you know, I I I I've got a good offensive system in place for Lamar Jackson. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna be very up tempo once I get him in there. The one thing is, is I mean, people like to pick on Andy Dalton, but Andy Dalton's not a you know a, a quarterback. He's a quarterback that you should have a plan to replace. But he's not a quarterback that's so awful that you have to replace him right now. So if I need to give Lamar Jackson some time, I have that. I have a quarterback in place. But I don't decide. I mean, you know, I I don't often at the 21st pick in the draft get a, a Lamar Jackson. Uh, I came in. From the Bengals, I come into the draft thinking where I'm at. It's a very good interior offensive line class, and I could use some help there. So I probably was thinking I was going to go there, but once I saw the the former Heisman Trophy winner was there, I mean, I I just you know this is a dynamic quarterback, and you don't often get a dynamic quarterback in twenty one in the draft. <laughs> that now, I'll let you tell me why the why the stats tell me I'm all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, a, first of all, let me say it's a fun landing spot for him. I mean, I think that would be kind of a cool place for him to go. And as you said, he, he he wouldn't have to be rushed there. But yes, Jim, uh Lamar Jackson, what does he what does he look like and what are his chances? Well, in many ways if you want the unfiltered Jim, he looks like a bus. Um from a high school production standpoint, he's below average. From a college production standpoint, he was below average in terms of his first year in college. Then he almost got to average as a second-year player, and then his third year he finally made the leap to have an above-average season. Uh, I think from an athleticism standpoint, he is impressive, if you're just talking about him from a athleticism standpoint. But I would say that and, – and believe me, I think in many ways he could have like a Cam Newton or a Michael Vick-like career, but at the same time, Michael Vick and Cam Newton have never really been the most efficient passers in their career. So – if he is good, he's just going to be that type of guy who doesn't get you to the Super Bowl consistently, but he could get you there one year, and you might even win it that one year. But he's not going to get you there consistently. Well, I have news for you, Jim. They'll take it in Cincinnati. They'll take one. <laughs> <laughs> I have it on good authority that they will take one Super Bowl victory. And, uh, you know, yeah, and the way I look at – Lamar Jackson, he's a guy that, you know, he, he may, you know, we, we've talked about Michael Vick and Cam Newton. I think, you know, uh, you may end up with a Randall Cunningham black type career. And if you do, I mean, that, that's good enough for the 21st pick in the draft. <laughs> I mean, if you, if you got Michael Vick or or you got Cam Newton or you got, I mean, uh, you know, any, any far away, I mean, you know, that. Not bad for the 21st pick in the draft. I mean, you know, uh, there are worse quarterbacks out there than those guys. They're playing. <laughs> I mean, AJ McCarron is the starting quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> well, not not anymore. The Bills knocked down people on the edge of the stadium to correct Mason Rudolph from Oklahoma State. <laughs> Hey, 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 Nate Peterman has something to say about all this, guys, so don't count Nate Peterman out. <laughs> yeah. There's something to be said for um, a guy that shoots, what did they say, 
shoot when you're hot and then shoot to get hot. They appear to those guys that, uh, you know, hey, I'll shoot when you're hot and then shoot to get hot. Uh, so, yes, Mason Rudolph has just left the board. I mean, that, I mean, yeah, so we've now had uh, five quarterbacks off the board, and the guy who I believe in real life will be the number one overall pick still hasn't been taken. <laughs> yep. Have we have we have we have we lost Pete on that one? <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, now, Pete may have just thrown his throw out a window, but that is a, but, but uh, let's get a little quick uh, breakdown of Mason Rudolph, and then we will have the the New England pick in. So, tell us about Mason Rudolph, uh, Jim. Well, <clears throat> in terms of his production, he looks very much like a Pro Bowl quarterback. From a career production standpoint, he honestly tested exactly the same as Josh Rosen um, in terms of his what he looks like on paper, uh, except for the gun data. The, the radar data doesn't help him out. So if you're one of those people that believes in the radar data, then uh, he didn't really do that Dude, my, belief every, in the radar, my belief in the radar data is there's a minimum amount of arm strength that you got to have. But, I mean, you don't also don't have to have to be able to throw it like Gary Ogilvie either. <laughs> and notice I picked a guy who I think Bill will tell you had an absolute cannon and was a terrible NFL quarterback. <laughs> oh, well, here's the funny thing. Here's the guys that that were backups at various points during Roger Staubach's time. They all had better arms than Staubach. Craig Morton had a cannon. Clint Longley had an absolute howitzer. And then you mentioned Hogaboom. I mean, huge arm. Danny White probably was close in terms of Starbuck. Maybe, uh, maybe I mean, Starbuck wasn't a guy that was – he didn't have a huge arm. But the backups for years in Dallas were guys that had really strong arms, but they couldn't beat Starbuck for the job for whatever reason, maybe because they weren't as good. So um, we do – yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I guess I'll leave it at that. Um, I would love it if somehow, you know, he made it out of the first round unchosen. Not because I dislike the kid, but because I think that would give him, I think his best chance to survive as an NFL quarterback is not to go super early. Uh, where he can go to some place where they can bring him along slowly because he needs to be brought along slowly. Okay, that brings us to New England. And... Oh, okay. Not not a, not really a shocker exactly. So it is cornerback. Isaiah Oliver from Colorado. 
you know, Belichick likes, well, Belichick likes defense, obviously, and he likes good players, and he saw his team, the pride of his team, his defense get absolutely carved to pieces by, wait for it, Nick Foles. Nick Foles. I mean, so. Well, I mean, I, 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 I'll, I'll even go better than that. He watched him get carved to pieces by Blake Bortles. Well, that puts it in perspective, doesn't it? And and you could even look at that game and go, Bortles hit his back step, knew he didn't know what the hell he was looking at, and just took off running. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Their hope was to find a pass rusher, but not too surprisingly, um, there's been a pretty decent run on pass rushers. Uh, Though, there's still a couple left, but he was above the one that – there was one beneath uh, Oliver on the board. That brings us to Selection Numero 24, Carolina Pantero. Okay, um, not a sexy pick at all, but it's a probably a solid one. Um, interesting. But yes, um, well, I guess you could say semi semi sexy. Um, Marcus Davenport, the who sort of slid, I think, from where some people had it. Let me let him going in the top ten. This, I think, makes more sense. He's not exactly Julius Peppers, but then who the heck is? But he has potential to be some. Well, I guess we'll, have, we'll, we'll find out. What does Marcus Davenport have the potential to be, Jim? Uh, he has the potential to be a, a Pro Bowl edge rusher. Uh, he had pretty good production traits. Athleticism traits very similar to, very similar to Jason Pierre-Paul in terms of his overall uh, athleticism traits. And his size profile, too. You know, he's about 6'6", he's 250-plus pounds, he has long arms. Um, He definitely is raw, but I think the best upside you could expect from him is he either becomes Jason Pierre-Paul or he becomes Kareem Martin. So it's like either or. Yeah, that is what they prefer. Yeah, so I can... I have it on good authority to prefer Jason Pierre Paul. Okay, so that's. Uh, let's from... get this out of the way. With the 25th pick, the Tennessee Titans take Josh Sweat, outside linebacker from Florida State. <laughs> okay, <laughs> from from my neck of the woods, uh, a, a kid from Chesapeake, Virginia, who came back from a devastating and horrendous uh, injury late in his, senior, in his senior year of high school. So tell me about your, you know, what, what do you like about the kid and, and what, what will he be doing for you? So, I mean, this is a, this is a guy who uh, we think athletically is one of the most athletic rushers that we've ever seen get the draft. Uh, I mean, all across the board, explosive, lower body strength, uh, fast, bend, uh, He's already a really good player against the run. Uh, 
market tackle uh, uh, you know tackle uh, his uh, market share for solo tackles are good he's uh, I mean he might be actually already the best run defender in the draft at the edge a powerful kid reminds us a lot of uh, Javon Curse in terms of a, of a guy who's more powerful you know maybe than his size you know, Kirk was able, actually able to play the, the strong side defensive end for us uh, many, many years ago. Uh, we think he is, uh, we know he's, uh, his, his facts are not the greatest production in the world. In fact, we think we can uh, help him there. We don't think he's actually been all that well coached at Florida State. Uh, so, and so, so, uh, uh, and, and we, and we think we, we, a good place for coaching linebackers. We also have uh, where we can uh, we have uh, Arakto and Morgan, so we don't need him to be a superstar right away. Uh, and we think we're looking maybe at a Pro Bowl player at the 25th pick in the draft. So uh, just uh, he was the guy we were hoping where he was here, and we we're happy that he was. So okay. And once again, Jim, what, is, what does the kid look like? Well, I mean, he pretty much has all the production traits of a Pro Bowl player. The one positive I can say about him is that in terms of solo tackle market share, it's pretty high. And most edge rushers that don't really do that well in terms of sacks and TFLs, if they have high solo tackle data or high solo tackle production, that usually is a good sign. And he also is really athletic. So he's by far like the most athletic edge rusher in this draft class. So he is young, which can be a positive and a negative. But I do think there is a shot that he could end up being one of the best pass rushers in this draft class if he goes to the right system. All right. All righty. And uh, we have a really good defensive coordinator whose defenses continue to get in the top five, top ten. So. Right. <laughs> but on the actual draft night, on the actual draft night, the pick here is going to be Sam Hubbard. So um, don't get too excited. Uh, about this pick because Sam Hubbard is coming to town. Uh, I actually don't believe that's the truth. Uh, so I'll I, I go offline. I'll tell you why that, that. I don't think that's the truth. I think if they, if they have this pick, this is the guy they're going to pick. So, so. Yeah, I, and, and, I, and I, I say that fairly certainly. So. Yeah, I, I'll admit Sam Hubbard is one of those guys I just can't I've tried. I really have. I I really have, and I just give you the good side of Sam Hubbard. Sam Hubbard knows what he's doing. He's a good guy. Good technique. He's more bendy than you might think. Uh, the problem is, is he really doesn't have the oomph to exploit that bend, that ability to get low. But you know, he doesn't get blown out of there either. So. I mean, you know, he'd probably be a solid guy if you could get him in the third or fourth round. Because <laughs> he's a guy that, you know, I'm almost certain will play in the NFL. I mean, he's not going to get cut in his first cut. So, but, I mean, he, he's not a guy that would excite you if you were taking him uh, in the first round. Now, I said all that, he probably ends up being like a 30-sack guy. <laughs> uh, so, I don't really believe that. And this is what I tell people. Actually, the thing the book on Sweat is he wasn't productive, but Sweat was more productive than Hubbard. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> and almost across the board and everything. And, that and I think Jim will agree with me. Sweat has more room to grow than Hubbard. <laughs> Oh well, yeah. I mean, Hubbard, <laughs> you're gonna get. You're gonna. What, what was it I said? That's a Kyle Vandenbosch before. Is that what I said, Jim? How you know what you're gonna get from Kyle Vandenbosch because he's, you know, Kyle Vandenbosch. He's gonna give you everything he's got, but what he has is. Yeah. Kyle Vandenbosch not, once. Kyle Vandenbosch got once got me twelve sacks in a season. I'd be shocked oh. if Hubbard got me twelve sacks in a career. Yeah, so so yeah, he's, he's probably not quite even Kyle Vandenbosch. He's probably a little less than that. Uh, that brings us to the Packers, who are on the clock with the pick they picked up via trade, and they still get a player they very much like, the center James Daniels from the University of Iowa. So that should, yeah, and it's it's he could probably play guard as well. They can use help pretty much everywhere on their offensive line, so you couldn't go wrong uh, by showing up their offensive line, obviously. They they have one truly great asset on their whole team, and anything that can be done to keep them safe probably is Hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on a second here. Packer fans told me that they have a top five offensive line, though. Did they? That's what I was told. Packer fans... Every time I tell them that their offensive line is kind of eh, they tell me, no, no, Jim. Our offensive line is amazing. <laughs> now, yeah, well, I, I've always said their quarterback is amazing, and he makes everyone around him look maybe a little bit better than they are. Yeah. Uh, I, I can tell that you have not spoken with Aaron Lemming about the state of their offensive line because he does not think their offensive line is amazing. He has said in no uncertain terms that essentially they've got about two players on their offensive line that he would retain, and he would like to see everyone else replaced. Uh, he said that that's pretty, absolutely true. That that's you know that that's definitely true. I mean, the thing is, guys, the Packers, in terms of Aaron Rodgers' efficiency, I mean, he 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 was elite from a efficiency standpoint back in 2012, 2013, et cetera, and then took a big dip in that time span. The offensive line has looked drastically different, you know, than what it looks like now. And even David Bakhtiari, who I know there's David Bakhtiari fans out there, you know, fanboys, he was also there for this really big dip in his efficiency. So either Aaron Rodgers is getting bad or the team around him is not very good. Or it's deteriorating around him. Uh, I would say that look at the record pre Aaron Rodgers and post Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) That team was one of that team went from a playoff contender to one of the worst teams in the NFL in like one hit. (laughs) In one play. So I mean Probably yeah. means that there's that that there may be no more top heavy team in the NFL. Maybe the Colts with Andrew Luck if he comes back in his you know Andrew Luck, or if he comes back and if he yeah, actually gets they get him out of Europe. 
<laughs> so, so anyway, uh, so the Saints are on the clock. Saints are on the clock, and okay, there are some players that they were hoping would have made it to them that did not. But um, amongst the ones that they have on their board who are still available. First round grade. Uh-huh. Oh, well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the, oh, it's not a slide exactly, but the wait is over for Mike McGlinchey, the offensive tackle from Notre Dame. Oh, faith in the Lord. So what say ye about Mr. McGlinchey? Uh, yes. <laughs> Mike, <Mike-Mike-Mike-Mike-Mike. laughs> Oh, you mean uh, you mean Matt Kalilke? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the the bottom line with Mike McGlinchey, uh, McGlinchey, uh, is it McGlinchey or Matt. I, I have to get his name right, guys, because eventually I'm going to go on some show and they're going to be like, you disrespected the name of the McGlinkies, you know, or the McGlinchies, or the, you know. But, I mean, the, the problem with him is that he only did explosion testing, and his explosion testing wasn't really that impressive. He didn't do the 40, and everybody said he didn't do the 40-yard dash because, it wouldn't help him, quote-unquote. That was like the quote from most of the people, is that if he runs a 40-yard dash, it's not going to help him. <laughs> so, if, 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 this guy, if, if Mike McGlinchey is the 27th best player in this draft, then either this draft is air, or Devin, Devin Bellamy could have went off the board a long time ago to beat Lauren Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> If you put on that Georgia tape, you would swear Devin Bellamy's one of those grandpa players. <laughs> I mean, the Notre Dame tackles were, were were I cannot give the 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 level of butt kicking that Carter and Bellamy gave them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm assuming that he's going to be at least early in his career on the right side while he tries to work on all that other stuff. Um, this is not about so, tackle so, so we're going to line him up against Von Miller. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, what is Von Miller doing right now? He sees Mike McGlinchey across from him. Well, exactly. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think when it comes to Mike I think when it comes to Mike McGlinchey, he's going to be a guy that gets a good PFF grade. And then he goes up against a Von Miller and does poorly, and then PFF goes, hey, he's Von Miller. What do you expect? <laughs> you know, it's like, with, it's like with Michael Orr and Mike Reimers where they had this great PFF grade, and they were like, oh, these guys are underrated. These guys are underrated. Then they would go up against actual all-pro to Pro Bowl level pass rushers, and they don't do so well. And then they go, hey, what do you expect? You know, what do you expect them to do, man? They're not supposed to be able to handle Von Miller. They're not supposed to handle, you know, so, you know, uh, 
all those all these other players. It's like, well, uh, Demarcus Ware, uh, yeah, I sure wish I would. <laughs> exactly. Like, if you're in the Super Bowl, you want to have tackles who can handle those types of athletes, and if you don't, they're a liability. It's like insurance on your house. You know, if the insurance doesn't cover Hurricane Von Miller, then you don't have very good insurance, do you? When it matters most. Athlax. <laughs> uh, so that brings us to. Um, oh, me. Brings us to me. Oh, Project Day Kalu Kalei. Um, I am. Oh, so excited and oh, so happy uh, to welcome Will Hernandez to the Steel City. Uh, I was going to say, I thought he was the best player left on the board. And, uh, I, I love Will Hernandez. I cannot, I can't lie. I can't, I cannot uh, pretend otherwise. I love Will Hernandez. And a lot of people point out that, well, it's low-level competition, and a lot of people point out that it's, it's not a premier position in the league, blah, blah, blah. Will Hernandez does two things for you right away. One is your running game will improve. The day that he shows up, your running game has gotten better. This may have slipped to the cracks for people, but the Steelers didn't run the ball that well last year. It, we were not a good Good at running the football last year. So, we so yeah. Now, from a physics standpoint, if you look at the at what really, from a physics standpoint, uh, that a vert cast is cast the ability to generate initial velocity. You know, basically, yep. you know, basically the ability to to and really, if you look at force, it's a force is always a production of mass and acceleration and you know, initial velocity. If the if the initial velocity is zero, then because uh, it is because you're standing still when you when you start. I mean, it's really the the initial force that you're going to deliver to a, a defensive lineman. Uh, size and vert really give that test that for you. And Will Hernandez off the charts in terms of his vert to his size. Am I wrong there, Jim? <laughs> Oh, no. I mean, Will Hernandez is, is easily one of the most athletic guards in this draft class, you know, from a speed, flexibility standpoint uh, and explosion standpoint. <clears throat> so and he's a guy that may end up going day two just because he played at UTEP. So, you know, even though film-wise and everything else, he, he, you know, he looks the part, he plays the part, he talks the walk. He's so he's- – He's a human monster. He's, I mean, I don't know what else to say. If he, if, if, if he if Sweat had two, been there, I was actually going to take Will Hernandez. That was if the, he makes you know, day two, somebody has made a terrible mistake if he misses the day two. Uh, but, yes, I mean, I, I don't, well, whatever. I, if, if, never on the board for the Jags. Take somebody off Yes. Okay. Uh, the Jags the also ended up being uh, what's the word for orphaned late in the game. Is there anybody that would like to take them as a franchise? Oh, not, I do not have a board. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I'll take them. <laughs> I I feel bad because I think they're really terrible. I 
Jim, would you like to make this selection? Because I don't trust Steve at this moment. Oh, uh, who's the team? Uh, it is the Jacksonville Jaguars, pick 29. Oh. No, let Steve do it. Let Steve do it. I trust him. Oh my God! I just know something ridiculous is going to happen. I'm trying to keep it from ridiculous things from happening. Oh, all right, Steve, do your With work. With the 29th pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars are running to the podium. Shad Khan is is putting up the mustache. He's got off the Crisco to get that up. They're all jumping in mayo. Josh Allen is sliding. Doc, he's here, <laughs> 29 on the Jags. The Jags um, Josh Allen, the quarterback. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, sweet Jesus. Okay, fine. I hope you're proud of yourself. We almost got him out of the first round. Uh, okay, fine. We're, 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 you know, we're used to quarterbacks in Jacksonville that, you know, maybe aren't as accurate as you'd like. And, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but it's not as good defenses that are maybe, you know, maybe optimal. <laughs> so we, we know but. how to play with a quarterback like that. You know, it's a good kid. He's got a great story. Yeah, he was a yeah. he was a he was a he was a one star recruit out of high school. He had, and, and maybe that's because he deserved to be a one star recruit. <laughs> oh boy! So Jim, tell me about my quarterback that we just took here. Well, he had a twenty out of a hundred career uh, FBS production score. Uh, he had a 52, I think, high school production score. It's just not the best uh, ever. And when it comes to just his overall profile, he looks like Josh McCown or Jake DeLome. Like, if, you're, if you want to talk about his potential upside, Josh McCown and Jake DeLome would be the most likely outcome, which is a project quarterback. And when you look at his film, he looks like a project quarterback. He has a lot of talent but there's a lot of rawness to his game. Decision-making-wise, it's all over the place. Accuracy is all over the place. Like, he's a guy that might take him three to four years before he's actually serviceable. But, but if he becomes Jake DeLome, then I will be wrong. So, like, I, I think, honestly, like, I, I honestly don't think he's Jake DeLome. I think he. I, it, it just depends. He has intangibles. He has this and that, but I just think it's just a massive, massive, like just way too many. Reg- I mean, almost Jim, you know, Druckenmiller level, you know, uh, disasters possible here. I mean, you see this guy. You see this guy. You see this guy cut it loose. Grown man to tears here. <laughs> okay. Well, we've all had our fun. Uh, Minnesota's on the clock, and the selection is in. It is a massive human being, uh, Vina Vea, the defensive tackle from Washington. Tell me about him, Jim. Oh, uh, well, when it comes to Vita Vea, um, his production is – Lackluster, and I know a lot of people say he's a nose tackle, Jim, but I posted all the nose tackle from Holote Nata to Cortez Kennedy to 
Vince Wilfork. All all great nose tackles are usually productive. Um, he is very athletic, so that's a positive. But I do think there there's a chance that he could just become a long term starter versus a multiple all pro multiple pro bowl type. All right. But he's just an NFL starter. It's not like He could he could be a multiple starter. He also could be a massive bust. So it's uh, it's either or. All right, that brings us to oh New England. And the selection is oh, offensive tackle Colton Miller from UCLA. Tell me about him, Jim. Uh, he is the most athletic offensive tackle in this draft class. He's really tall, which height is one of the better indicators for offensive tackles than arm length and pretty much everything, honestly. Watch <laughs> 10 to... minutes of UCLA. Any game, 10 minutes. <laughs> 10 minutes. That's all you'll need. Okay. But, I mean, <laughs> the, the, bo- the, the bottom line is, is Colton Miller is really young. He's really athletic. He definitely has some bad film out there. But at the same time, I, I mean, just feel he's like he's some Jeremiah Putasi bad level field. But he didn't test like Jeremiah Putasi, who I told you about in a previous mock draft of Palooza, and told you that that's <laughs> that's that's a little. I don't know about that. And you said, "No, Jim, he's gonna prove you wrong." I'm gonna prove you wrong, Jim, and and that didn't really happen. But like, bottom line is, I think Colton Miller, Colton Miller at worst, is a long term starting tackle at the next level, at worst, and at best he ends up being a Pro Bowl level tackle. So, and I understand offensive line gurus don't like that because they, and, and don't get me wrong, there definitely is some things on film that offensive gurus can get all angry about, but I think it's when, at the end of the day, in a very, very weak offensive tackle class, he's at least worth it as a late first player in this particular draft class. He's pretty much the exact same thing as the guy he's replacing in New England, Nate Soldier. And I think that's what they saw as well. I think they said, oh, look, we found our next Nate Soldier. Um, that's what I, I think that happened. Well, our quarterback better be as good as Tom Brady. <laughs> their next guy better be as good as Tom Brady. Uh, yeah. And New England, and New England's a, at least a good place in that you know your quarterback they they try to get the ball out quickly so maybe their quarterback won't get killed by for holding the ball because I mean uh, if Colton Miller is the 31st best pick in the draft Gerard Avery is Lawrence Taylor <laughs> just you know and that's a whole game of just ass-whipping a guy. So, I mean, so, or, 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 Josh Rosen just got way overdrafted. So, 
one of those right. two things is true. <laughs> gotcha. Because, I mean, this guy gave up way too many shots on the quarterback to – for the quarterback to either not just standing there and not pulling up like that Wilson kid from Arkansas, or he just, I mean, uh, he's a really athletic, not good football player. I <laughs> so, and yeah. I, I'm normally one who believes in the, the testing numbers, but I mean, it, it, it's hard to ignore how bad if the, the UCLA offensive line played. And maybe they were too horribly coached or... Yeah, the the, the, the mild... It is hard to unsee the Miles Garrett game. Um, now, admittedly, once again, people will say, well, that's Miles Garrett, but, oof, boy, wow. Um, in his defense, he got better-ish. I mean, if you sort of watch the season progressed. Or, or, or the Texas A&M game where that, that group of pass runs was just worn down from like whacking the hell out of Rose in the three quarters. Okay, yes. I mean, you know, I mean, uh, I mean, I guess that'll work if you could like, you know, maybe wear the pass rush down by unlock the hell out of your quarterback. I guess, you know, that might work. <laughs> so that. <laughs> That brings us to the Super Bowl champions, the Super Bowl champions, so that you are thrilled, beyond thrilled. Once again, will they will run, not walk, to the podium to pick DJ Moore, wide receiver from Maryland, who they did not think in their wildest imaginations would be there. But there he is. So the offensive juggernaut that is the Philadelphia Eagles becomes just slightly more, more offensive. Uh, so tell me, Jim, how does DJ Moore compare? How does he stack up? Jim? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. Hello? Yeah. DJ Moore. Well, uh, in terms of – he's by far the, the best testing wide receiver in this draft class. Uh, has elite production, scored a 99 point, I think almost 99 and a half market share production score since 1969. On top of that, he played one of the toughest schedules in college football um, out of anybody in this rack class as well, you know, in the Big Ten. And tested as athletically uh, amazing. In many ways, he's kind of like a Calvin Johnson, but shorter, just in terms huh. of like what is metric profile says about him, you know, because Calvin Johnson was a guy that was 99 percentile in terms of his athleticism testing, 99 percentile in terms of his production. And uh, now he's not exactly 6'5 and has, you know, and ran 4'3 at, you know, what the size of Calvin Johnson is, but he is kind of like a tier two type of, like he's in the same ballpark, but he's not exactly the, the same crazy mismatch type that Calvin Johnson was. Okay. Um, sorry. I don't know what just happened. I just lost the 13th selection. Let me see. Where did that go? I had the it. The 13th it... selection, that was, I said it was Josh Jack. Yes, thank you. I don't know why it didn't, it like erased or something. Let me just 
put that back where it belongs. Yeah, that that would be frightening if somehow, by some means, he would <laughs> ended up on the Eagles. What a horror show um, that would be. Wow. So, there we go. So I will briefly recap the selections to this point. So with the first overall selection, the Cleveland Browns, to probably no one's great surprise, I'm guessing. Um, Here... Okay, to uh, no one's great surprise, took Sam Darnold. Uh, the Giants took Josh Rosen, Baker Mayfield, making it three quarterbacks in a row, went to the Jets, Harold Landry. Uh, also went to the Browns, a bit, a little bit of a surprise, not like a shock. Roquan Smith uh, was the next selection. Bradley Chubb was the next selection, uh, pick number six via a pick that came from the Jets to Indy. Derwin James went next to Tampa Bay. Quentin Nelson to Chicago. Denzel Ward was the first pure corner off the board. <clears throat> then we had uh, the slot, mini slide of Saquon Barkley came to him with Oakland. Micah Fitzpatrick went to Miami. Tremaine Edmonds, Edmonds, Farrell Edmonds kid, one of the many Edmondses, uh, went to Virginia, uh, from Virginia Tech, went to the Bills. Joshua Jackson went to Washington. Maurice Hurst, uh, the defensive tackle, with the slightly scary medical condition, but obviously the Falcons are, are all right with it, uh, took him at pick 14. Uh, the Cardinals got Jerry Alexander. The Baltimore Ravens got Ridley, not to anyone's surprise. Taven Bryant went to the Chargers, so they decided to get even more defensive along that defensive line. Isaiah Wynn went to Seattle. Leighton Van Der Esch uh, makes his way down to Dallas. Darius Geist to the Lions. Lamar Jackson uh, went to the Bengals on a pick the Bills used to own. Uh, then the Bills got a pick from Kansas City. They used to pick up Mason Rudolph, so a little mini run on quarterbacks. Isaiah Oliver went to the New England Patriots at pick 23, Marcus Davenport to Carolina at 24, Josh Sweat to the Titans at 25. Uh, Green Bay had traded back to Josh, I'm sorry, Josh James Daniels from Iowa. Uh, the center, Michael Lynchy went to the Saints. Will Hernandez, yay, uh, to the Steel City at 28, 29. Josh Allen, grumble. Uh, then 30 was Vitavea from News to Tackle from Washington. Colton Miller went uh, 31 to New England and 32, D.J. Moore, uh, dynamic receiver from Maryland. Um, so the Browns are back on the clock with the first selection in round two. Connor Williams, offensive tackle, Texas. Okay. Uh, tell me a little bit about your, your thinking there. He is good. Okay. I'll take it. Uh, look, I mean, if he, Jim's going to tell you he's got a Pro Bowl uh, caliber 
profile. Uh, he's certainly big enough to play tackle, certainly big enough to play guard, could play even center. The Browns don't need him to play right this second, uh, so that helps. But he's a really, really good and surprisingly young football player. He's only 21, uh, and at that size, he can certainly add weight. But, yeah, he's just good. All right. I'll take it. I'll take it. And the Giants are excited because someone they had a first-round grade on has made it to them in the second. Uh, wide receiver Christian Kirk from uh, Texas A&M. So, uh, once again, tell me a little bit about, about him, Jim. Uh, a lot of people compare him to Golden Tate. Uh, which wide receiver? Christian Kirk from Texas A&M. Oh, Christian Kirk. He's a, he's actually more similar to um trying to uh remember the Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver that was from Missouri, the the, the Missouri, and then they traded oh, to the Kansas City Chiefs. Jerry Yeah. That's kind of similar kind of similar to Macklin uh, in terms of his uh You mean Jackson. No, not DGB. DG, I mean, Deion Kane is more like if you're if you're talking about a DGB like wide receiver, it would be Deion Kane. But if you're talking about Kirk, definitely kind of a speed wide receiver. Uh, also kind of similar to the USC wide receiver as well. That the that the Nelson Aguilar kind of similar to him as well in terms of athleticism profile. But uh, and he's productive. He he definitely is a guy that has fringe Pro Bowl potential, but not exactly guaranteed to be a, a multiple Pro Bowl type. Okay, gotcha. And the Browns are back on the clock. Mike Jacecki, tight end, Penn State, except he's going to be a receiver. Oh, oh, really? Really? Interesting. You don't see that very often. You 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 will sometimes see a big receiver get moved to tight end. You rarely see a, a tight end move to wide receiver. I guess Devin Funches helps to start this trend. So tell me about that that move that you proposed. Mike Jasicki is one of the freakiest athletes ever. He can't block, so why am I going to ask him to? I already have tight ends, <laughs> so I might as well make him a ridiculous mismatch. For example, who on the Steelers is going to cover Mike Jasicki out wide every play? Oh, yeah, that's, that is problematic. Okay, gotcha. He's got exceptional agility for 255 pounds or whatever he is. He's six five and a half. His feet are outstanding. His uh, hands are terrific. And if you watch his tape, not only is he good on it, but you're just going to get angrier and angrier at Trace McSorley and that coaching staff for how many times this dude is wide open uh, and not getting the ball. He's a former receiver anyway, so I'm just putting it back at home. But now I've got a situation where I have Mike Jasicki as my ex, Josh Gordon at Z, David Njoku at Y, and Corey Coleman is an eight type guy, and Jarvis Landry can go watch. <laughs> now, now, Pete, you just got a call from, uh, from Knoxville. God paying the bill is uh, reminding you that you. Uh, I'm paying $70 million. 
We're paying $34 million for a guy who will be the least athletic player on our offense. I'm aware. Uh, and I have no interest in it, but that is what has happened. I, the the Eagles took the guy I wanted, uh, but Mike Jusicki is just – he's a mismatch. And if you combine that with Gordon and Njoku, good luck, defense. Try to stop us. Sure. I could, Yeah. I mean, I see that. That's – that – wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, – Wow, that's a that's a fun offense you're putting together. I'll I'll, I'll say it. That sounds like it'd be fun to watch. No, I'm Josh sure Allen, Josh Allen's gonna love this offense he's putting together. <laughs> I'm, sure Jim will, I'm sure Jim will probably have data to tell me I'm wrong, but uh, he is similar to to me. Mike Jasicki is a Jimmy Graham type player, and if you put him outside. He's still sort of that Jimmy Graham type player, but then he looks more like uh, Mike Evans. Obviously, it doesn't have Mike Evans' production, but that's the type of dynamic you have. Where, what is the thought process with Mike Evans, tight end, size, wide receiver? He's almost impossible to guard. Same thought process, except uh, Jasicki's actually bigger and more athletic. All right, uh, the Colts are on the clock. Why? You still with me, Chase? You lose Chase? Oh, it's on, on the Colts? Yes. Okay. Think somebody's terrible. <laughs> they take uh, they take Quentin Meeks, cornerback Stanford. Oh, all right. That is not terrible. Uh, tell me about what you like about Mr. Meeks. He's a big physical cornerback. He kind of fits that. I think the mold that Indianapolis is going to use uh, with Quincy Wilson, the other cornerback, I'm pretty sure. Um, I think he has he had a really amazing pro day, and I like his film. So he fits what the, the Colts need defense. Okay. Uh, hard, hard not to like it. And, of course, the son of Ron Meeks, so somebody with an extremely – developed sense of, of defense, uh, somebody who's grown up around the game, smart. I mean, you always, always say that about Stanford players, smart. Uh, but he's football smart. I mean, he's, he's been around the game literally his entire life. And, is, you know, he goes home to a guy that knows a lot about defense every time he goes home uh, from school. And, of course, like I said, his entire life, you know, he's eating cereal across from someone who spends all day trying to stop uh, offenses. What do the numbers say about him, Jim? Uh, well, Quentin Meeks had solid all-around numbers, uh, pretty athletic, uh, pretty – I mean, in terms of his production data, he was pretty solid as well. Uh, he he doesn't really have elite length, but really none of the corners in this class really have that sort of all-pro level, you know, 32-inch arm length or more. Like the Seahawks don't like this cornerback class is basically what I'm saying. Because um, they don't really. The Seahawks need to look at some of the small school corners. Adonis yeah. Brown has like 33 and a quarter inch arms, people, and ran 4.49 in his pro day. Get to know him. Oh, but is he a Bill, 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 we, 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 our scouts didn't make that one, Bill. So. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully he didn't run 4.79 in his pro day. Hopefully. 
Um, no, no, he's not. <laughs> okay. He ran. He ran a nice. He ran in the. He ran the low. He ran in the. He was caught. He was caught between four four nine and four five one at his pro day. Um, so yeah. But yeah, go ahead. So yeah. So you're saying that. I mean, Quinton, I I like Meeks. He definitely is a Pro Bowl level cornerback. I mean, that's potential, anyways. Um, but just doesn't really have a chance to like be an elite elite. Like, yeah, I don't think he's gonna end up being like Richard Sherman or something. Gotcha. Who went to Stanford as well, which is why I dropped. Yeah, you got to Stanford. Unless you forgot. Uh, Unless you forgot where Sherman went to Stanford. Good point. Okay, that brings us to – and, yes, I mean, I I like him too. I I agree that he's not a guy who's probably probably not going to go to five, you know – Pro Bowls and probably not heads in Hall of Fame, but I think he's going to play in a bunch of football games as a starter for the next you know, 11 years or so, which I think most people will take um, because that that's what they'll do. They'll take it and they'll like it. Uh, that brings us to Indianapolis again. Oh, that's right. It does. Well, you're back on the clock, sir. All right, uh, they take uh, Cortland Sutton, wide receiver from SMU. <laughs> oh, now you're having fun. <laughs> That'll do. <laughs> so tell me about what you're going to do with Mr. Sutton. Well, first of all, I feel really bad for Andrew Luck. I mean, who doesn't? Um, nothing is a big, big ball <laughs> target. In 2016 film, was amazing. He kind of fell back a little bit this last year, uh, but I think he he fits that mold of a of a be a possession wide receiver with some jump ball skills. So that's why they took him. Oh, hello. Hello. Okay. Uh, let's see. So somebody besides the Colts is finally on the clock. Let's see. Here. Uh, oh, let's see. Tampa Bay. Give me just a moment. Uh, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay. Huh. Tampa Bay is going. Please make sure that I'm not missing someone here. But it looks like they're going to go. If I'm missing someone, please make sure. I'm not missing maybe a first round, probably had a first round grade off for the Bellers second rounders, but it looks like So the yeah, the selection is in. 
and it is Nick Chubb running back from Georgia. Um, so what do the what do the numbers say about him, Jim? I mean, you know, solid all around profile, uh, really explosive, really fast. Uh, flexibility not too bad either. Uh, production wise, not elite, but he's pretty much in the same tier of production as most of the running backs in this class like guys like Barkley, uh, and there is definitely a chance he could become like a Pro Bowl-level uh, rusher. Only major question mark, of course, is uh, the devastating knee injury that he sustained um, early in his career, but he hopefully has kind of recovered from that up to this point. Okay. Gotcha. That puts the Bears back on the clock. Uh, lot of lot of needs. <laughs> the team with a lot of needs. But they're going with the uh Mike Hughes, corner from Central Florida. So tell us about him, Jeff. Uh, Mike Hughes from Central Florida. I mean, athleticism yeah. profile, he, he, he essentially tested as a less athletic version of Joshua Jackson, but without anywhere near the level of production in terms of solo tackle uh, market share and pass selection market share as Joshua Jackson. He definitely could become a long-term starter, fringe pro bowler maybe, but at be- best-case scenario, you're looking at uh, like Vernon Hargraves essentially um, as a uh, – as a potential outcome, but maybe a less, like a lower tier of burning Hargraves in any way. Okay. So you see long-term starter, but 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 not a multiple Pro Bowler kind of guy. Yeah, essentially, in terms of his uh, overall profile. Got it. Got it, got it, got it. And uh, Chase, I believe you also have Denver, is that correct? Yep, Denver's on. You are they take on. Holton Hill. They take Holton Hill, cornerback, Texas. Okay. So, a guy that some people had first round grades on earlier in the year, and he seemed to slide down a little bit. So, tell me and us about uh, him and what you like about it. He actually reminds me of Tlaib a little bit. He's probably the best tackling cornerback in the draft. He gets a little grabby in coverage. But, you know, he's a big physical guy, and I think that's what Denver needs on the outside now if they don't have to leave anymore. So, I'm just looking at the out there, do we really want Holton Hill in a place where weed's legal? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I oh, live boy. in Colorado, and I stay away from it. <laughs> oh, boy. Thank you. Thank you for that. So, uh, one quick, once again, quick question, Jim. As a comparison, how does he compare to a guy like Tlaib in terms of production and in terms of athletic ability? Okay. <laughs> well, Tlaib was a 90-plus percentile uh, solo tackle market share guy. And 90, I think he was 99 percentile in terms of pass deflection data at Kansas. He was a really, really productive guy in terms of getting his hand on the ball. Uh, Holton Hill... I think was in the 50s 
Uh, I don't really have my spreadsheet in front of me right now, but he was kind of in the 50s in terms of solo tackle and kind of 47 or 46-ish in terms of pass deflection data. So Hill was kind of average in terms of his production. And athleticism-wise, Tlaib was a pretty a pretty decent athlete all around, uh, whereas Hill is not bad per se. Like I kind of graded him out as a potential starter, but not necessarily as a pro bowler uh, like Akib Tlaib was. So, okay. And now you are on the clock, Mr. James Coburn. Right. Um. Oh, I just don't like any of the players right here. Uh. Hmm. Is Justin Reed available? He is very much available, yes. Okay, then we will go. Now, of course, this goes against uh, Reggie McKenzie because he he drafted Carl Joseph, drafted O.V. Melifonwu. Both Look, there's guys no way really... Reggie McKenzie isn't, isn't pounding the table for Shaq Griffin right here. Not right here. Not not like this. Not like this. Uh, which is, you know, from the Matrix. Uh, I would say Justin Reed. Uh, I think in terms of just in terms of athletic ability, production, and just overall film, I see him as one of the better free safety uh, safeties in the class. And uh, I just, I just kind of. I just kind of like him here. Uh, there's a lot of other players that are interesting, but I kind of, I kind of feel pretty good about a lot of different players falling in the draft because of different reasons. So we're going to go Justin Reed because I think he probably won't be available uh, at the next round. I okay. can guarantee that that would be tested. Okay. So. Who did the Bears take at 39? Uh, Mike Hughes from Central Florida. Yeah. So I'll I'll just briefly recap the last 12 picks. Wait, 11. 11 picks. Uh, Connor Williams went to the Browns at 33. At 34, the Giants got Christian Kirk. At 35, the Browns via... The Texans got Mike Shizeki, and they are in a interesting movement to actually make him into an ex-receiver, which isn't as crazy uh, as it sounds once it's explained. Then Quentin Meeks, uh, the cornerback from Stanford, went to the Colts at 36. Then the Colts just stayed on the clock with a pick they got from the Giants and took Cortland Sutton, who I think is going to greatly help uh, their offense because He'll become what people, I think, at one point thought Moncrief might be. Then we got Nick Chubb on my and on my little spreadsheet directly across from Bradley Chubb. Right? If I look to the to the left, there's Bradley Chubb. I look to the right, there's Nick Chubb. So that's cute. Um, running back from Georgia went to Tampa. Then with the next selection, we had uh, at pick 39, Mike Hughes, Central Florida cornerback. To pick 40, Denver, Holton Hill. Uh, one of the few really big corners in the class went to Denver to replace Akeem Dalib. 
Then we have 41, Oakland getting uh, Justin Reed, 40, and now 42 is Miami. And the highest-rated player remaining on their board is Lorenzo Carter, the offensive, no, sorry, uh, outside linebacker from Georgia. A lot of people like his versatility and his somewhat freakishness. I mean, how, how does he stack up uh, in terms of what he, you know, how does he, people compare him to a lot of people. How does he compare to the people he's being compared to, Jim? I mean, he's clearly not DeMarcus Ware, but what is he? Jim? Did we lose Jim? Oh. Oh, okay. Then we lost Jeff. Well, then uh, we'll keep going. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I feel like he's a more athletic version of a guy like Scott Fujita than he is, you know, a true dominant pass rusher. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, yeah, I think I think if you if you want to look at his uh, maybe the, the if you want to look at his NFL role is a guy with unbelievable uh, with unbelievable speed, uh, change of direction for his size, length. Uh, just a guy who would really disrupt passing lanes if you used him that way. Uh, maybe doesn't have the greatest instincts as a pass rusher. Pretty much one move guy. Which is the dip and go, dip and run. Um, yep. You know he's gonna he, he's gonna give you know slow footed offensive tackles fits with that, but I mean good offensive tackles will, they'll give him room and they he won't be able to uh, you know he, he won't be able to counter off of them uh, once they make contact. So uh, yeah, if I if I were to pick as a what I, what I would conceive of his role, it would be as a as a linebacker who you could drop into coverage and really disrupt passing lanes with his length and his speed, so and uh, really make it hard to fit those balls in there. So anyway, Brad. Yeah, yeah. He's like I said, he's not what some people think he is, but he's going to be a good player, even though you know he's not going to be. I don't think he'll ever be elite, like I said, a truly elite pass rusher, but. That brings us to Selection Numero 43. Yeah, 43. New England. And let's see. They were hoping that people like Mo Hurst would somehow make it to them, but he did not. They were hoping that Cortland Sutton might somehow make it to them, but he did not. Um, however, James Washington did make it to them. Wide receiver James Washington from Oklahoma State. Now, many people have talked about of the um, the drafting woes for New England at wide receiver, uh, particularly in the first round. They have not done it often, and when they have done it, they have not done it well. But I think it was a little different. Uh, one, a lot of people call James Washington one-trick pony, and that makes you realize they have not watched more than one year of his tape. 
for whatever reason, they made him sort of like an eight and nine route specialist this year. But look at his tape from the years previous. And he's been one of their main targets for three years. You get to see him run, I want to say a full route tree because, you know, no air raid team runs a full-on, you know, every single route route tree. But you see him run short, intermediate, and long routes quite a bit in 2016. Uh, And my comparison for him is sort of a Chris Chambers. Uh, He plays taller than he measures. He's one of the best guys at contested catchers, despite the fact that he's under six feet tall in the whole class. Uh, Long arms, strong hands, physically stronger than you might expect. Okay, so that's an interesting selection. And brings us to Washington being back in the clock, and that's me. So I will be consulting with myself for just a moment here. Uh, you know what? Don't get me yelled at, probably, but what the heck? I like him. I think he's a player that's going to end up having a really terrific career. So I'm going to go ahead and take Rashad Penny, running back from San Diego State University. Help us in the return game, help us in the passing game, and he can help us in the run game. We got a lot out of Chris Thompson until he would break. Uh, this is someone who can do everything Chris Thompson can do, from return punts and kickoffs to catch the ball in the backfield to run up between the tackles. But the difference is he's 221 pounds to Chris Thompson, who I think is generously listed at 190 or 80-something or whatever. Uh, this is a full-size running back. and a fairly powerful guy, though he doesn't, you know, run people over for a living. He can when he has to. Okay, so that's for shot. Any off the board. And let's see. What do we have for green? Oh, okay. So it looks like Operation Keep um, Yeah, it looks like Operation Keep um, Aaron Rodgers in one piece is in full effect. Let's make sure that there's not spells rated higher than him. Looks like they're going to go off this line again, or let's see, 
Yeah, so it looks like the pick is indeed in. It is Austin Corbett from Nevada. So some people think he can play right tackle. Some people think he's a guard. But he's an offensive lineman, and they think he's an upgrade. So that is the selection. And you picked up the Bengals, um, Steve, is that correct? Yes, and they're going to take Billy Price, the center from Ohio State. Oh, that's fun. That'll work. Tell me what it is that uh, attracted him to you or you to him. Uh, one is uh, our we've had Russell Bodine playing center, so, you know, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could we we could run Pete out there, put up an improvement, and uh, Price is just he's a powerful player, uh, unusual power for a center, and uh, on tape, uh, we're kind of maybe concerned we didn't get any testing in, uh, but that's why we think he's here at forty six instead of uh, maybe going in you know around the twenty area, which maybe his tape probably puts him. He's a, you know, like I said, he's a powerful player. He's an unusually powerful player for center. So, uh, you know, it, whereas we, we, when we drafted Bodine, you know, he could actually lift, he could lift a lot of weight and, like, actually not move any weight. But uh, we think Price is going to create movement inside for uh, guys like Joe Mixon to uh, exploit and maybe keep uh, uh, our quarterback, maybe keep Andy Dalton healthy, keep Lamar Jackson healthy. Uh, from getting killed from the interior, so uh, uh, we're, we're we're just excited he's still here. Uh, we got other players we were going to look at, but I mean, once once the uh, price made it, there was there was just no time to find it. Okay, got it. And I am texting back and forth with the AFE who is currently at work, but I think the pick's Anthony Miller, but I'm just confirming that. Okay, yep. Looks like that is, yes, Anthony Miller, the wide receiver from Memphis. And so I think we have two Burlsworth Trophy winners off the board in the top 50 picks. I don't know if that's ever happened in the history of the NFL draft. Uh, because in addition to winning the Heisman, the only person to ever win both awards, the Burlesworth Trophy, which is the walk-on version of the Heisman, uh, and then the Heisman Heisman, because uh, we have Baker Mayfield as the previous Burlesworth Award winner, and then Anthony Miller, who's won the Burlesworth Trophy as the uh, nation's most decorated walk-on. So two Burlesworth Trophy Award winners in one draft, Within 50 picks, within 44 picks.
picks of each other, in fact. I'm almost certain that's a draft record. That's wide receiver. And that brings us to the Chargers, who see, went defense in the first round and go offense in the next round by getting Dante Pettis. Some of my wide receiver um, guru buddies think Dante Pettis is one of the top two or three receivers in this class. Like his brother, he didn't test like a freak. He tested a little bit better, a little bit more, a little quicker, a little more explosive uh, than his larger and slower older brother. But uh, like I said, not exactly freakish testing, so. A lot. Some people think he's a slot only. Some people think he can play the Z. We'll see. But uh, he is now a Charger, a Los Angeles Charger. I think I've managed to not slip up uh, on the Chargers location yet. And the Colts are back on the clock with a pick they picked up from the Seahawks. So at pick 49, who do we have for us, Chase? Uh, the Indianapolis Colts select Deron Payne, interior defensive lineman from Alabama. Okay, Deron Payne is now off the board. So what do you like about uh, the Man Mountain from Alabama? Well, I think if anyone watched the, the playoffs this last year, he dominated it, and that's what he can. He, I don't think he's a first-round guy, but I think he has enough talent and the measurables, you know, to – kind of be a project, but this is like the perfect spot for him because the defense just needs to be completely rebuilt. I don't even know what the GM before was doing because there's nothing on this on this uh, sports team. Uh, I think that will add to it, especially if he plays next to Bradley Chubb, starting to create a, a fearsome, nice uh, defensive front four. Yeah, uh, an infusion of Chubb and pain um, will would help. So not a bad thing at the office so far. If you so if the Colts have managed to pick up Bradley Chubb, Cortland Sutton, Deron Payne. Let me see. Did I leave someone out? <laughs> That's not a bad way to go. I guess that'll that'll do. Um, and brings us to, how about them Cowboys? Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, okay. Um, so our first Division Two player leaves the board as Nathan Shepard, the defensive tackle from, uh, well, from a couple of different schools. I guess he started out at Simon Fraser about eight or nine years ago, depending upon who you ask, and uh, sort of made his way to Fort Hayes eventually after working for about three years to help his family out. An interesting, mostly interesting story. Some people worry about him being, you know, an older prospect. 
Some people have brought up Eric Swan as sort of a comparison, a guy who had been driving a truck and doing construction and then went to the junior college route and then went straight from junior college. Uh, of course, had a pretty decent NFL career. We'll see if uh, Mr. Shepard can pull off the same sort of trick coming from a lower-level competition. Now, what I will say is his tape is, I mean, no one has to tell you which one to watch. I mean, you'll find him. You don't have to know his jersey number. You don't have to know which team he's on. If you throw on that tape, you will find him. What did you say? You said, Jim, and t- it'll, it'll only take 10 minutes. It'll take five minutes. It'll take two minutes, less probably. Uh, he is clearly head and shoulders talent-wise above everyone else he's ever seen in his life. And he, he threw people around like, um, you know, like I said, like empty wastebaskets. No one could block him. And he got to the senior role. And, uh, you know, so that was the thing that I think really was, was put it over the top is when no one could block him in one-on-ones the senior ball. Uh, that puts the Lions on the clock at 51. So we've gotten to the first 50 picks. Okay, so... It looks like we confirm there's not somebody lower. Uh, make sure that there's not small, but I think the pick is going to uh, okay. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Are we at Detroit? We are at Detroit, and it looks like the pick is. I'm just confirming something. They're one of the teams hoping Justin Reed would make it to them, which did not happen. So it is Carlton Davis, the cornerback from Auburn. So if he ends up across from big play Slay, that might give them something. And nowadays you really need three, as of course we've all said many times, you need three starting corners if you're going to have a real defense nowadays in today's 
NFL. So that brings us to Baltimore at pick 52. So they had Ridley in the first. And it looks like the pick is going to be... The running back from USC, Ronald Jones, the second. A darling of some in draft Twitter. Uh, he has apparently not had the greatest pre-draft process to include a bulky hamstring and apparently rub some people the wrong way at the combine and, you know, a few other things. But he can catch the football, he plays fast, and he's been fairly productive. And he's an upgrade, uh, probably over what they've got going on right now at running back in, in Baltimore. So it's a pick that really makes sense. So they're trying to rebuild their offense from the looks of it. And that brings us to Buffalo via the Rams. Clock at 53. Buffalo was sort of hoping that one of the receivers would be here. Uh, Let's see. So what's going on here with the receivers? Uh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Wouldn't say it's a massive run on receivers, but a mini run. So let's see if we can find them one or not. Let's see. Uh, so there might be going with plan B here. Let's see. So. Miller is gone. So the highest rated player on their board who was available is actually Rashawn Evans, the linebacker from Alabama. So they really wanted a receiver, but let me see. I'll just double check. I have to make sure I missed something. Uh... Yeah, none of the receivers they had either first or second round grade on are available. Uh, they all are gone. Pettis went. Well, yeah, Chark is still there, but they have a third on him. Uh, fourth on Semika. Oh, wait, no, hold the phone. Michael Gallup, okay, there is one left, okay. Michael Gallup uh, from Colorado State, actually, it's a selection. Okay, take it back. So it is actually him. 
for those that pay attention to such things. And, you know, people like to make excuses about a guy not having, you know, this or not having that. I mean, Nick Stevens wasn't the worst quarterback in the world, but wasn't the best. And Michael Gallup made him look good more often than not. I don't know how much you guys might watch uh, Colorado State, but, you know, Michael Gallup was kind of the the centerpiece of their offense, and Dalen Dawkins also did a fair amount of damage in running back. Uh, let's see. Um, since I'm from Colorado, I can kind of comment on the Michael Gallup pick. Yeah, I've heard a lot of rumors that he – well, for some people around in the beat writing thing, it said he doesn't like to work. He doesn't like to practice. You know, he kind of has an entitled sense of, about himself. So a lot of people in the local area have said that about him. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I take it that it's just things I, you know, that I pick up around the beat. Well, I'll say this much. He has really good taste. Johnson's some really good tape. And Nick Stevens wasn't that bad of a quarterback for a college guy. Yeah, um, I didn't say he was the worst. I just said that, you know, he's not the best. Uh, no. He's, especially the, you know, those those throws deep down the field outside the numbers, the ball gets there, but it gets there, you know, kind of coughing and, you know, limping. Okay. So that brings us to... Kansas City at pick 54. And the top-rated player available... Is tight end Hayden Hurst from South Carolina. So they can go two tight ends with uh, Hurst and Kelsey. First, of course, was a minor league baseball player. He has good ball skills, and he, he gives effort as a blocker. Sometimes I think people overestimate. I mean, he's not terrible. He's a good blocker, I guess. But some people talk about him as if he were, you know, a devastating blocker, and I don't, I don't see that. I see, you know, functional, solid, getting the job done. And once again, a slightly older prospect due to the fact he spent, I think, three years playing minor league baseball, if Murray should be correctly. Got a couple of those this year, guys who are in their mid-20s. Okay, so that brings us to 
selection number 55, Carolina Panthers. And the sort of kind of run on running backs. Well, it's not really a run, but spurt, I guess. Sony Michelle, the backfield mate of uh, Nick Chubb, is off the board. Sapul Haiti. You know, so... You can start waving your Haitian flags. Uh, yeah, this is, uh, this guy would have put us in a quandary at Tennessee because he was by far the highest rated player we had on the board. And uh, <laughs> we really did not see some running back as a nation. Well... The Carolina Panthers took that quandary off your hands by selecting him. So that puts you on the board at 56 and puts you on the clock at 56. Now, 56 would be Buffalo. Oh, wait. That's back right. On the clock. That's right. Uh, let's see. Um, and it is safety from Wake Forest, uh, Jesse Bates. Okay, so the Tennessee Titans are going to run to the board again, and because uh, we're going to take Frank Ragnall, the center from Arkansas. Ah, yes, Frank the pick. Frank Ragnarok. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. Frank Ragnarok. Do you think he's a starter for you? Uh, or is he depth? Or what? what is he going to be? Uh, for for us, we're going to let him compete with Klein and with, uh, and with Levin and, uh, for maybe a year, and then we see him as a replacement for Jones knowing that we're going to need to extend uh, LaJuan, we're going to need to pay for Marcus Mariota's fifth-year fifth option and his extension. So uh, we'll be looking to trim a little payroll, and we'll be probably starting that with Jones in a, in a year or so. We're going to let him compete with the and guard, and uh, uh, for a year we, we think we're in a good enough shape for the team right now that we can have the freedom to do that. We've, uh, we've kind of taken a, a longer View with both of our picks, with both Sweat and uh, and right now that uh, you know these are guys that we can let compete in year one and uh, help be guys ready to step in and help us trim a little payroll in year two to 
pay for those extensions that we know that we're going to have to do. Okay, got it. So Frank Ragnow, the Center for Arkansas. And yes, the Falcons. Okay, back on the board good. with the Falcons. So let's see. I'm going to have to look through here a little bit. So who are the Falcons are a team that's in fairly good shape all around. Yeah, they don't have too many desperate teams. No, they 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 haven't got the youth holes. They've got places they could improve, but no gaping crevices. Well, and there's really no players around here that I love. So let's go with DJ Chark, the wide receiver from Allen from uh, LSU. Okay, gotcha. He does give you a Nice blend of size, speed, and so-so production. I mean, actually, if you look at his market share production, yeah, name is Washington. Yeah. So, true. I mean, that is true. You, I mean, you talk about a guy who's played with um, all oh. the quarterbacks. Oh, he's, yeah, he's, he has seen some <laughs> terrible things. I mean, Oh no, I wait, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. He's he's seen some some hard hard things to watch. Uh, that brings us to San Francisco, a pick they got via New Orleans. A lot of players with third round grades. Let's see, is there anybody? Who's The Titans are real, are willing to move up here. <laughs> now this would be a big move up, so we'd have to maybe look at a third and a fourth. So, but so we're willing to trade eight, our eighty nine and uh, one twenty five, which is the our third and fourth, definitely a move up here. Uh, but I, I think that may be a little too far. So. Okay, let's see. You said you would be willing to toss a third and a fourth in order to get back into the second? Yes. Um, sure, I'll allow it, unless somebody has a an extraneous objection. The Titans are going to take Malik Jefferson with the pick that they just required. Oh, the other oh. guy that we had a high grade on, and he's still there. So uh, we uh, another situation where it's not a huge, overwhelming need for us. This guy had 
really good production if you look at the the Coburn metrics. Uh, very good athlete. Uh, so uh, I yeah I think if there's one knock on him, it's a you know not a, he doesn't have great size. And he maybe doesn't have great instincts uh, all of the time, but he's a guy who's dominating games and stretches. Uh, we see him as a, as a potentially very good inside linebacker, maybe even some elite inside linebacker. And so uh, okay. you know, this this is one where we we thought it would be worth giving up those picks to get back up in here to uh, trade this pick. Get this pick. Okay, got it. And so you sent to them pick picks one twenty five and pick what was the other one? The third rounder, which is pick uh, uh, pick number eighty nine. Okay. 49ers receive 89 and 125. Number 60. Okay, got it. And that brings us to me, all right? Well, there's a lot of no great players, but a lot of good players. Yeah, there's players I like and none that I love. Um, oh, no, I lied. There is a player I love. <laughs> um, Dane Cookshank from Arizona. There is one that I love. He's still there. I had liked him on tape, and then I got a chance to watch him all throughout Shrine Game practices. And among the things I noticed, one, he was bigger and more athletic, you know, than when I saw him in person than, than I could see it on tape. Two, he was the guy that got the secondary lined up whenever, you know, somebody did, wasn't sure where to go, what to do, what coverage, what the call was. He would get them straightened out. He would get him aligned. He would 
tell them, you know, who they had and that kind of thing. So, you know, he was a guy that sort of fell into being the captain of the secondary throughout trying game practices. And the last but not least, uh, super competitive kid. Uh, felt like he should never lose a rep and didn't lose many reps. He was, I got to see him go up against, some people got super excited about Deshaun Hamilton. Uh, he gave Deshaun Hamilton everything he wanted and some extra all throughout one-on-ones. Uh, he and Justin Watson had some um, had some good battles. And I don't know who else I saw him match up against one-on-ones. But th- he can play safety or corner, and I think he could do either one equally well. And once again, nowadays, it's sort of a, the line is finer than it used to be, but I, he's big, strong, athletic, and smart. So he'll be an upgrade wherever it is we end up playing him, uh, whether it be corner or safety. So, yes, I'm super excited about that, actually. Jacksonville is on the clock at pick number 62. That would be me again. Can you just... Yes, sir. Pulling up the list here. So we are going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're going to take the fastest player in the draft. We're going to go with Dante Jackson, the cornerback from LSU. Okay. Okay, got it. Now, just so you know, not too far away from LSU is a school called Tulane, and they have a corner who's bigger more productive and just as fast named Perry Nickerson. I'm aware, but, you know, we, we got to go with Dante. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Not a problem. So the pick is in. That was the 
Titans. They're not Titans being Jackson, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least I didn't go with my spag. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, boy. <laughs> Action Jackson. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, at least you didn't do that. Some people compare him to a Dory Jackson, uh, but Dory Jackson was a stronger kid physically and, of course, a better tackler. So that brings us to pick number 63, Minnesota, yeah, sure. I got Vea in the first, and... They'd like to go offense if there was an offensive player they could find that was remotely worthy. Looks like they will not be going offense um, as there's not really an offensive player you can justify taking here, it looks like. They kind of hoped that either Rashad Penny or one of the wide receivers would have somehow slipped through the cracks. No such luck. It looks like... Double check. But it looks like... It's like the, the you know the tight ends definitely haven't been picked over. You want to look at that. Yeah, but actually the pick is in, and it's an offensive tackle, Brian O'Neill from Pittsburgh. So the comparison has often been made to um, to Matt Khalil. Uh, who they drafted once before. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but maybe this time it'll work out. And it's it's not a great tackle class, as I'm sure, once again, we've said plenty of times. I would not be shocked if a couple of tackles that aren't super highly regarded went earlier than we'd expected because of the, the scarcity, frankly, at the position in this class. Okay, that brings us to the Patriots. No. No. Sorry, 
does not, does it? It brings us to the Browns. That was a... That's uh, a Patriot. It's Patriot. They're at 63. He just picked the Patriots. No, no. He picked no, Brown Hill Minnesota. Minnesota. Right? Yeah, that was Minnesota. Oh. Yeah, so so I'm correct. It is New England, right? Okay. Make it sure. Okay, yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. So, yeah, it is New England, 663. Okay. Okay. So, let's see what is left. <laughs> people with third round grades might be getting selected in the late second, which I guess is, you know, trashy, I guess. Sure, why not? Of course. Perfect. So Nick Saban managed to sell his old friend uh, Bill Belichick on Rashawn Evans, the linebacker from Alabama. He's already gone. No, he is, isn't he? Darn it. Um, so it's not him. Wow. Uh, so yeah, there's no way there's a second round grade left. Okay, so now let's look at the third. Uh, this board is... Actually, you know, Bill, there is a guy that we just talked about who is, who does fit a need. Okay. And we just talked about when Dante Jackson came off the board. Oh. does yeah. fit a need. He does fit a need. That's true. Uh, they don't have him anywhere on their board, but, yeah, I would. I would. Um, Give me a moment while I do. Yeah, they they once again, people put put down more players than you think you need to put down. One of those. Okay, so the highest rated player, and he's got a third round grade, but the highest rated player that I found on their board actually is is another yet another Alabama player, Ronnie Harrison from Alabama. Not bad figure. You know, so once again, Nick and Bill had one of their one of their confabs. Okay. 
and I'm sure managed to sell him on uh, all the various qualities and whatever that he possesses. Okay. Hey, you could use a box safety, couldn't you? You could be a Rodney Harrison kind of sort of if you squint. Okay, let's see. Now you're on the clock, Pete. Uh, so that was a harrowing wait. Unless I missed it, he he was taken. I'm taking uh, Royce Freeman, running back from Oregon. He is very much available for you. Yes. Holy crap! That was uh, that was a wait because it it was Nick Chubb, and then Royce Freeman for me, and Nick Chubb went like immediately after I picked. Yes, that is also true. So it's funny because at one point Royce Freeman and Nick Chubb were battling it out for RB one above pretty much everybody's boards a few a couple of years ago, and then things happened. But uh, tell us about what you like about him and how, how he'll be used in your offense. He's 230 pounds. He's fast. He's strong. He's extremely light on his feet for his size. He makes guys miss. He actually runs through opponents. So he's basically the you know polar opposite of Saquon Barkley. Uh, and he's sneaky good as a screen receiver and just a pass catching back. Uh, and he's pretty unstoppable inside the five. He is, uh, to me, he is running back three. And that's only behind Nick Chubb and Saquon Barkley. But I have no idea why people are down on, uh, on, on Freeman. But to me, he's a stud and paired with, uh, Duke Johnson, hopefully the Browns will just run a whole lot more zone stuff because that's what they're both that's what Duke is good at, that's what Freeman is familiar with, but now they've got a guy to really rely on as a as a bell cow type guy. They've also got Carlos Hyde. They've just got a lot of players that are better than Jarvis Landry on that offense now. <laughs> yeah, well I almost think it was like boredom or something or fatigue or whatever. People just fell out of love with voice stream of reasons I'll never understand. And then people would bring up things like mileage. And that always cracks me up, you know, because, you know, go to Canton, people, and try to find me a guy who was a low mileage back in, in college. You, you aren't going to find any. I mean, the closest maybe Terrell Davis now that he's made the Hall of Fame. But Hall of Fame running backs, you know, whether it be Barry Sanders, whether it be, I mean, name somebody, Jim Brown, um, Curtis Martin, whoever you want to bring up, they were all high-mileage guys in college because that's what you do when you have a great running back in college. You give them the football. Marcus Allen was maybe the highest-mileage running back of all time. I mean, you know, 2,000 yards in an 11-game season rushing, and then he was also a really good receiver. Uh, He got a ludicrous number of touches and didn't seem to be any worse for the wear. So I always laugh at that uh, when people can bring up mileage. Now, pounding, like if a guy takes a lot of really hard hits, that's something to talk about. Or injuries, that's something to talk about. But touches, you know, to, to quote John McKay, the ball's not heavy. Um, Let's see. So I will briefly recap 
all the selections in round two, and then we will shut it down for the evening. So we started off with the Browns. It ended with the Browns because they are the alpha and the omega. Uh, Connor Williams, tackle from Texas. Then the Giants got Christian Kirk, I guess, as the future replacement for Odell Beckham Jr. or whatever. Well, we'll see. Um, then we had uh, – what happened after that? Then we had uh, Jacecki, who's going to become a wide receiver uh, for the Browns. Then the Colts got Quentin Meeks. And Rob Meeks used to be the D coordinator uh, in Indianapolis, if memory shows you correct. So that's an interesting uh, thing. Nick Chubb went to Tampa Bay. Mike Hughes went to the Bears. Holton Hill went to Denver. Justin Reed went to Oakland. Lorenzo Carter went to Miami. Uh, James Washington went to New England. Rashawn Penny went to Washington. Uh, then Austin Corbett went to Green Bay. Billy Price went to the Bengals. Anthony Miller went to Arizona. Dante Pettis went to the Los Angeles Chargers, so I haven't messed it up yet. Uh, Deron Payne went to the Colts. Uh, then Nathan Shepard went to Dallas. Carlton Davis went to the Lions. Ronald Jones II went to Baltimore. Mike Gallup went to Buffalo. Kansas City got Hayden Hurst. Sonny Michelle went to Carolina. Jesse Bates went to the Bills. Frank Ragnow went to the Tapons. Then uh, Atlanta got DJ Shark. Leek Jefferson was available via trade. The Titans moved up, uh, taking a pick that would have would have been New Orleans and gave up picks 89 and 125 to get there. And then Pittsburgh got safety slash corner Dane Crookshank from Arizona. And then with pick 61... Uh, Dante Jackson, the smallish corner slash nickel, uh, went to Jacksonville, pick 61. At pick 62, Minnesota got Brian O'Neill. At 63, New England got Ronnie Harrison. At 64, the Browns, in a, tra- in a uh, pick they got via trade from the Eagles, uh, went to, uh, picked up Royce Freeman. So I will uh, any any questions, any comments you think seem unduly weird to anybody? No, I think it was extremely predictable. I of course oh, nominated okay. and here we are. Hmm. <laughs> uh, I got five of my top 20 players. Well, that's, you know, that's always good when you can do that. <laughs> okay. Man, I really missed on that Dane Crunkshake pick. I really like him. I really like him a lot. So that was a good pick by the Steelers. Oh, yes, I love him. Um, I liked him quite a bit, and then when I got to see him in person, you know, up close, I went from like to love. Uh, when I got a chance to get a good sense of his personality and 
you know, what he could do mentally as well as what he could do physically. Like I said, a kid who he showed me he really understood the game at a high level and was willing to step into a leadership role. I don't think he was ever officially, you know, I don't, I don't think he would have team captains, but he, he in essence became one whether, whether he was elected or not. So that, that gave me, a, like I said, a good feeling to go with. He tested way better than I thought he would as well. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot to work with there. And now you just have to figure out if you want to play him at safety or play him at corner or a little bit of both. Yeah. But well, lot, would... I was going to say a lot of things that people like about making Fitzpatrick, he can do all those things and it's going to cost you less. So what's not to like if you can get a guy who could do everything making Fitzpatrick can do but you can get him you know, towards the latter part of the second. And, yeah, I think he will defend the, the slot in certain situations. I think he'll go out, he'll defend some Zs, he'll cover some running backs, he'll cover some tight ends. He can walk down into the box in certain situations that he's not afraid to stick his face in the fan. You know, he's got a lot of really great qualities. And I think he's going to end up being, if he does make it to the late second, he'll end up being one of the, the better values in this draft class. So, gentlemen, we will reconvene at 11 Eastern. So, if you are so that's 10 Central, that's 9 Mountain and 8 Pacific. I don't think we need Pacific. I don't think we need. But if we do, it's, uh, you know, get your rest. Uh, I will tweet out an updated email. I mean, I tweet out an email. I will tweet, well, I'll tweet some things out. But also um, send out an updated email of the best availables. And probably right after this, in the next few minutes, hopefully. And then I will also, uh, what else? I don't know, something else. You'll get a couple emails from me, but one of them will be just some of the best available players who are still on the board for tomorrow. And once again, gentlemen, thank you so much. Before you go, tell people where they can find your work and follow you if people would like to learn more about you guys. I'll start with, well, we'll start with, um, we'll start with you, Chase, since everyone else is sort of more familiar to, to most of us. Tell people where they can find your work and follow you, sir. Oh, I'm sorry. Can you explain the question again? I didn't quite yes. Can you tell your, your newfound fans, can you tell them where they can find more of your work and follow you, sir? Man, I, for some reason, my phone is just echoing really badly. Oh, I was saying for, yeah, I your, for your newfound fans, can you tell them where they can find your work and follow you? Oh, yeah. Um well, my Twitter handle is uh, Chase Cameron underscore at Chase Cameron underscore. I don't really write for publication, but I'm uh, I uh, 24/7, 365 days of the year. I talk about the draft, talk about college football, talk about the NFL. Professionally, I'm actually a bank manager, so that's what I do for a living. So. <laughs> Okay. I'm probably the most non-conservative bank manager you'll ever meet. But uh, thank you for this opportunity. I appreciate it. Certainly. Now, well, we'll talk offline, but if you'd like to write uh, for someone, you and I should have a conversation. So I will move on. Um, Steve, tell people where they can find your work and follow you, sir. Um, but just on Twitter at uh, smorton101368. Uh, just uh, trying to live through this merger. <laughs> <laughs> trying to live through this merger. Well, that's, that's always a good thing to do, live through the merger. 
Um, and and once again, I know that your your time is precious. I I wish I could ask more of you, but uh, I love your work. What you what you do do. And then last but certainly not least, uh, Jim had to run, but uh, Jim Metrics has his his Inlix draft guide out, and you can find it on uh, Amazon and it's on Goodreads and probably some other places too. But it's definitely worth having. If you don't have it, fix that. And so, Pete, tell people where you can find and follow your stuff, sir. Uh, you can find the three-time mock draft of Falusa champion at underscore Pete. <laughs> underscore. Uh, and I, write, I cover the Browns for NFL Spin Zone. There is no lack of confidence. I won't say that. There is never a lack of confidence. I still have four picks left. We're not even done. <laughs> oh, Pete. God love you. Um, but, yes, and then, of course, uh, I'm in the process of pumping out articles myself. So if you go to Nuts and Bolts Sports, you'll see a couple of my most recent, uh, what I call, draft light special profiles on players that have will either be late or perhaps even undrafted free agent types, but I believe will have a very good chance of contributing to an NFL roster. My Finding the Next Kyle Slaughter article will pop up sometime probably Monday, I think, uh, depending on exactly what the publication schedule is. And probably Monday or Tuesday, you'll see my top 400 prospects also on Nuts and Bolts Sports. And I'll probably drop something for draft for NFL Draft Bible as well. Um, I don't know what yet, but something. So, uh, once again, gentlemen, it has been a distinct privilege and an honor. Uh, I look forward to what tomorrow might bring. And uh, if you should know, so we have a couple of orphan franchises, if you have friends out there who are really would like to participate and would like to to do this, let them know to let me know. I'll be up for about another two hours probably, maybe more. But let them know to, to get at me. Uh, either uh, feel free to pass along my email or, or of course, have them DM me via Twitter. I'd be happy to, you know, to not have to search, search through so many different boards and love to have some more live human beings. So once again, gentlemen, uh, we, we will see each other again in about 12 hours or so. So, you know, get your rest, uh, study up. Get your boards together for tomorrow, and uh, I will see you all again. And Jim, of course, will be back with us. He's had to run a little bit early. So once again, I thank you guys for your time, for your talent, and your attention. Take very good care of yourselves. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.